0: more of a mess than we care to admit, but your love, your story of grace, has, your scriptures tells us that you we are more loved and accepted than we ever imagined. So more broken, but more loved. And that is the combination that is powerful in the life of your church and of your Christians, your people, your followers. We pray that that message would be powerful now, that we would, as we listen, we would hear your loving voice calling our name, calling to us as your people, and and leading us in the ways of compassion and grace in this world. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. There's a a, a show called The Boys, and uh, it's about superheroes. an adult show in case you're wondering or your kids get curious more more in the adult range of uh, viewership um, but in this show they explore this wonderfully uh, this wonderful concept of what if you know the the good guys in it in real life. We we know as those kinds of stories come out, whether it's a politician or a policeman or a priest or a megachurch pastor or a CEO who ends up using guilty of one of two extremes. We can be overly optimistic, almost naively optimistic about extreme, like I saw in a sign following George Floyd's murder last year as we went to a march downtown and there was a sign that said all cops are bad. And you kind of go, well, what? Hmm." But, you know, there's like extremes, right, that you can take with this. And we're all, I think, guilty of going more towards one or the other. And even as, I, I think, Probably the dominant thing is an increasing cynicism about power and positions of power. And even as we have that growing cynicism that touches us all, at the the very same time we are longing and craving for power to make its way into healing our bodies. We long for power to provide for our families. We long for power to reverse injustice, to reconcile relationships, to vindicate the innocent, to alleviate suffering, to elevate those who have been brought low. We long, we crave power to do these things, even as we sometimes lose faith and lose hope in power, in positions of power. So with that, a kind of mixture of things, that, that cynicism and that craving that we bring this morning, we hear in this passage, I don't know if you noticed, but there was a lot of mentioning of power in Ephesians 1. And just listen a second. Let's just have a kind of a, a moment of meditative listening to the part of this passage that talks about power. I'll actually read it twice and whatever you can whatever is right for you a way of just kind of sitting and absorbing this as i read through it a couple of times really listen for what do you hear that stands out to you as important or maybe surprising as paul writes that he's praying that the eyes of your heart may and then i'll skip to verse 19 may know god placed all things under the under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills everything in every way listen to that one more time i pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know His incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realm. Right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion in every name that can be invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the age to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. I wonder if anybody just wants to shout out loud what. A word or phrase in there that just seemed important or surprising to you in that passage with respect to power. All things. things. Not a right or wrong answer, just kind of what are we hearing? Every name. Every name? Thank you. As I meditated on this and kind of listened to it through Audio Bible and read the text. Yep, that too, Elijah. As I as I read this and listened to it this week, it struck struck me that there's some things that are that, that are a little bit unusual. And, and and you kind of these are the different pieces that I picked up in this. That there's there's a hidden subversive power structure in this world that Somehow is available to us who believe. That's that's what this text is saying. So, and the pieces of this are that there's there's a power greater than all the powers of the world. That's that power was involved in raising Jesus from the dead. Um, it's God's power, and it's going to flow through the church. So, lo- those are some ways to kind of summarize what I was hearing. And I'll be the first to acknowledge that. There's some weirdness to that, some weirdness to imagining imagining the world that way walk waking up in the morning and really believing that and really looking at, at things um, that, that amidst what I see as I get up and I see cars go by and airplanes fly over and things on the news and and all, all the things that I see that there's actually a power and a kingdom with like God's hand working, amidst those things or behind those things somehow, and that there's a power there that's available in some special way to the church. It's unusual, there's a little bit of a weirdness factor to imagine looking at the world that way, and yet that's exactly what this um, really well-educated, cosmopolitan world traveler, the Apostle Paul, that's really what he believed and that's what he prays for the church to be connected to. So this week, I'll just kind of nudge us all and encourage us all around that prayer to imagine going into the world and going into your interactions with, say, your parents. You know, your parents, that's that's a power in your life, right? Parents, especially my kids. Um, your power, Going to your different powers in your life and looking at a power or someone that in some way tells you what to do or has some kind of say in your life. And say there's another power before that and above that. Um, looking at your boss and saying there's a power above my boss or at politicians or at tech moguls or police or judges or your landlord or your mortgage company and on and on and on, the governor, the president, and you say there's a power kind of above that power and that is at work. You almost, you almost get a sense from this prayer that Paul's praying that he that it, there might be some way that if we just kind of adjust our focus a little bit, all of a sudden we would just see this. We'd be able to see a different power at work behind all the other powers in our world. I don't know if that's how, how he imagined it or how what he was thinking, but that's kind of what I start to feel as I really immerse myself in this prayer. And so... I encourage you to put that kind of lens on your world this week. But also, don't don't forget this other part. I really think this is important. And it's why we added to this text, we added something from chapter 3. Because the prayer continues. And Paul comes back to praying for them. And the word power comes up again. But it's clear that this power must be tied together with love. That this power is woven into, into love. Listen to how it goes. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit and in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And it goes on and on. To know this love that surpasses knowledge. Love is clearly in this prayer that Paul has for the church. Love must be intermingled with power. There's another, I'll just close with this. There's another story in the New Testament in the book of Acts. It's one of my favorite because it's just so earthy and gritty and unusual and in some ways kind of flashy, but also very human where this ministry is happening by these apostles in this city and then this one called simon the sorcerer sees what they're doing and he was kind of a a magician trickster trickster guy and who, who would draw crowds and he saw what they were doing and he wanted to pay the christian leaders so that they would give him the same powers that they had and they they got upset they had some firm words for him that were not very nice because I think what was going on there, if we relate it to this prayer Paul has for us, is that Simon the Sorcerer was doing what we often see in this world. He wanted power just on its own. He wanted it disconnected from love and compassion and the loving and compassionate healing ministry that the church was used. This power was kind of a conduit to bring healing and love. He just wanted it power for power's sake so that's just, a, just kind of something to end on and to remember that really love seems to be the key to this power in the church. Love must be the companion of our power and without it we aren't really serving the God we claim to be serving. Let me pray for us. Our heavenly God, we continue this prayer, we continue to live underneath this prayer that Paul made in this passage. jesus christ and our glorious father would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we may know you better and that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened in order that we may know the hope to which you have called us the riches of your glorious inheritance as his people and your incomparably great power for us who believe we pray this in jesus name the risen savior amen We move on to our time of communion. And uh, I just want to make a note about the basket up here under the table is a basket through which you can worship God through your offerings. We encourage online donations and giving, but we want to mention it still in our worship service and have this basket because it's a powerful symbol of what the gospel does in our life of of satisfying us and filling us so fully that we can spill out and pour over and let go in our lives. So that basket is up here, and whether you uh, put something in the basket at some point from here on out today, or whether you make an online donation, that is an act of worship. And we move to our time of communion. Actually, we move to our time of prayer to flip the page over and remember what was next prayers of the people. Um, Each request ends with, Lord, hear our prayer, and you can reply. Or, I'm sorry, it says, this we pray to our Lord, and you can reply, Lord, hear our prayer. And then have a chance to close with the Lord's prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly God, you have ascended in Jesus to sit at the right hand of the Father. And so we pray to you, knowing that We often struggle to believe in it, we often think that you have left us alone when we look at the brokenness, the disease, the sickness, um, the the evil that we see in different places in the world or in our own cities, in states, country, we can be so discouraged by what we see in the world, but today as your church, believing in the resurrected Lord, we come with our requests, believing that you hear them. So we ask that you hear all the things that are on our hearts today, even those requests that go unspoken. You meet us in our world and bring renewal and redemption. We pray for the people in places in the world where COVID-19 is ravaging towns and villages and families and countries. You think of India especially today. And those of us you know, who know people from India and who have family there. We lift them up, we lift up your children in these places in the world, and we ask that you bring relief, bring medical care, bring vaccinations, and you bring whatever you can bring, so that there is uh, relief from sickness and death. This we pray to the Lord. elsewhere who are fighting one disease or another, whether it's ALS or cancer or something else. We pray that you would bring comfort and you would help us to rally around the lives of those who are struggling and support them and love them and be compassionate uh, to them and their families. This we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for City Life Church on this unexpected journey as we find ourselves regathering after 14 months apart and regathering in a new place. We pray that you help us all to be attentive to our neighbors, the neighbors you have put near us, and to be curious about what you are already doing in their lives. We pray to the Lord. We pray for those in our church and in our lives who are struggling in marriage or out of marriage. We know that it's just very common for folks to be struggling and to be discontent within a marriage or to be struggling and discontent because they're not in a marriage. And all kinds of other struggles related to relationships. But we highlight these as a way of saying, the whole spectrum of those who are struggling in relationships today, we put before your throne ask for your help, for your love, and for your grace. This we pray to the Lord. Lord, And now hear us as we lift our voices up from the words you gave your disciples, saying, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Our daily bread